Welcome to the latest episode of Five on the Floor on the Five Reasons Sports Network. Thanks for joining us on your favorite podcast app. We're on Podbean, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts. We're also on Dash Radio on their Nothing But Net channel every single weeknight at 7 p.m. Check out Five Reasons YouTube. Make sure you hit the like and especially the subscribe button. You'll get all of our content, including Dono Daily, every single weekday before floor an hour before every heat game. Post up five hours as soon as the heat game ends. And our new shows like Hitting the Apex on F1 and so much more. So check out Five Reasons YouTube. Also, all of our episodes of Five on the Floor export there. You can catch them there as well. FiveReasonsSports.com. Make sure you spell that one out. Get the latest takeaways from Brady Hawk, Alex Baumgartner, Usam Patel, and others. And we do not have a paywall there. And the great sponsors of the Five Reasons Sports Network. And that, of course, includes our fantasy sponsor. That's PrizePicks.com. Use the code 5, F-I-V-E. Get your initial deposit matched up to $100. You don't need to use it all at once. But at PrizePicks, you can play two, three, four, five players together. You can play different teams, different sports. They've got the NHL. The Stanley Cup playoffs are on there. Maybe get some Panthers props in before they're gone. That may be in the next couple of days. Uh, also, of course, check out MLB. But yes, the biggest thing we promote there is NBA. We do a prize picks on five show uh, before the heat game. So check that out. The Tyler hero number keeps getting lower and lower. The Bam out bio number keeps getting lower and lower. They're both like the stock market right now. Um, this may be the time to buy low, but we'll see. So check out prizepicks.com. You can get it on Google play store. You can get it on the app store as well and use that code five F I V E. And now today's episode. Down to Yikes. Uh, five on the floor, ride for my dogs, where here's the thing, you can check the score, hustle hard, couple scars, wearing bubble frogs, just like Buckley said, you in trouble, y'all, kept the floor plan, got an all band, y'all seen the block, stop the one hand, and pack the trust, it's power, have the guts, we're here to bring the heat, y'all can hang it up. Welcome to Five on the Floor, a daily insider show on the Miami Heat and the NBA featuring Ethan Skolnick, Greg Sylvander, and Alex Toledo, plus others from the Five Reasons Sports Network. Our Ethan Skolnick back on Five on the Floor. Here's today's floor plan. This was a little bit unplanned. This is one of those emergency pod type situations. I don't think we were planning on going on a Friday, but I've got the full crew here. This is a five alarm fire Got Greg Sylvander, you can follow him at Greg Sylvander, Alex Toledo. Uh, he's you can follow him at Tropical Blanket, I believe. Uh, and also Brady Hawk, you can follow at Brady Hawk 305. We come to you after a game that I think Heat fans would like to throw out, but Jimmy Butler said he wanted to wash over him for a little bit to fully absorb it. The Heat got destroyed in game two. They go to Boston now, 1-1 in the series. They better win game three because I'm going to be at game four. Uh, game three is Saturday, uh, and then game four is on Monday, but really we're going to focus on two players here today and nothing else. Okay. Because we've talked enough about Jimmy Butler at this stage. I mean, he's playing at an obscene level and really did last night, but he as most good leaders do kind of took the blame. He deflected the blame from his teammates last night after the game and put it on himself and said that he needs to do a better job of getting them involved. Um, I've heard this line before from one LeBron, uh, Raymond James um, at times in, in when he was with the heat, when things weren't going particularly well, I need to do a better job of getting my teammates going. Uh, Jimmy has said that at times, here's the question we're going to try to answer. Is there anybody at this stage who can get Bam Adebayo and Tyler hero going, or is this on Bam Adebayo and Tyler hero to get themselves going, maybe with a little bit of an assist from the head coach. So we're going to go back through some topics we've talked about before the Bam topic. I feel like if you went to our playlist, this would be our most uh, 
discuss topic on five on the floor. Yeah, we're, about so to play the hits. we're playing the hit, but it's not a hit. We anybody wanted to play. I mean, this is this is kind of like bringing back a bad song from the 80s. Like we really didn't want to do this. So let's go to the other guy first. OK, let's go to 14. And Brady, can we explain why he has been so inconsistent in the playoffs? There have been moments. Uh, there have been series we felt would be better than others. The on-off numbers are atrocious. I mean, last night, again, worst plus minus on the floor, minus 33. It, it's just they're not a good team with him on the floor in the playoffs, right? So how does that change? Yeah, the plus minus stuff is just a lot of it has to do with the defensive stuff already. And then you add in the offensive stuff as of late and it kind of just plummets it all. Uh, why it's happening over the whole playoff run is for one, they're throwing a bunch of different coverages at him. You start in Atlanta, they put the lawn right on him. who really bothered him just one-on-one the entire series. He had some moments, like you said, Philly, uh, they blitzed him as we talked about over and over, they put two on him. And now you're seeing what the Celtics are doing is they're blending everything together where they're putting one-on-one matchups like smart to try to bother him. Then they'll blitz him with a tice all of a sudden, and then they're throwing length on him, And they're just basically throwing everything at once at him that he's just so uncomfortable. It feels like other than he had that big first half in game one, but ever since then, it just feels like uh, that's kind of what's happening. I was looking at some of the numbers for one, the mid range pull-up stuff, no matter if it's dropper switches or whatever, is pretty much the exact same from the regular season to the playoffs. So that's pretty much carried over, which pretty much his bread and butter you'd say that that's where he kind of prides himself the three has been pretty much plummeting as we've seen like there's just been a lot less I guess worse looks overall but if the thing that stands out is just like the first level of the half court like he's not getting to the rim if I, I, even if you just think back to the regular season he was getting to the basket a lot and there was just highlights of his crafty finishes around the rim the up and unders he's not even getting to the rim right now I was looking at for one, less than 10 feet from the basket in the regular season, he was putting over five attempts. Playoffs, it's three and a half. And that's pretty big in terms of big picture of what he's able to do. Drives was a little under 12 at 11.8, and now it's at 7.1 drives per game. Like that stuff just shows, for one, the Celtics are packing the paint in terms of having two bigs down there. They're kind of deterring him in that way. But that's pretty clear what they're doing in general, that they want to get him away from that, that, that seeing the ball go in the basket at the rim is big for a rhythm player like Tyler Hero. Like he needs to see that to get the other parts of his game going. Uh, and then the last thing I'll say is honing in on what's happened specifically with what the Celtics are doing. I was looking at something that I saw was interesting. The thing that's bothering him most with the Celtics is completely length. And you look at the numbers, he's 0 of 6 when Horford and Robert Williams are guarding him. So that means if you eliminate the the possessions that Horford or Robert Williams are not on him, he's shooting 60% from the field and he's 12 of 20 when you eliminate a big switching onto him. Like the Celtics have had a ton of just good possessions when they switch length on him. And that's something we talked about with Jimmy early in the season. We were worried about that. Would would he be able to beat a Bucks team when they throw length at him? I remember after a Dallas game in the middle of the regular season, we did a pod where we were talking about all the length they threw at him. Tyler Hero seems like the more problematic version of length that if you can throw a lengthy defender on him, he can't get into his bailout step back at times. That gets him into a rhythm. The rim, it's a lot harder to get to the basket. Uh, so that's kind of what stands out there. Other than the big picture of the drives, there's still the element of if there's an advantage to find for him, it's taking and exploiting the other guys on the floor where he can kind of drive by Grant Williams or try to step back on a Peyton Pritchard or even a Marcus Smart. That that's The length stands out more than anything. Alex, I want to get to the rotational part of this. So we're talking about the strategy part. 
but also the rotations have changed in the playoffs. And now he's playing some with Victor Oladipo, um, which was not something that was going on in the regular season. In the regular season, he was playing some with Kyle Lowry as he was subbing in. If you know, we remember, we talked a lot about the rotation change the last three weeks of the year where Tyler was going in for Jimmy all the time so that he could play with Lowry and Bam. Now there is no Lowry. Um, without Lowry, we're going to get to Bam next. I want to hold it, but without Lowry and without him playing with Hero much and without Duncan Robinson on the floor, Bam doesn't have anybody who gets him the ball consistently, which I know is something we're going to touch on after the break. But from Tyler's perspective, how much do you think the rotation changes have affected this? Because Brady makes a very good case. It's just length. It, it's, it's, it's the different coverages. And then it's putting, and we have talked about the length with Tyler, by the way, we talked about it more with Jimmy, but we've talked about it potentially being an issue with Tyler. So if you isolate, you say, Oh, for six, you take that out. Okay. The numbers look a little bit better defensively. He's been a train wreck. I mean, I just, he's just been a train wreck. And, and so he has to make up for it offensively, but Alice, how much is the guys he's playing with now? I mean, that's actually a good question because I think the bench stuff has actually been something that can be brought up, you know, especially recently as far as how effective is it? Because we were talking all season about the depth of the team, you know, the bench being a huge positive for them. I, I haven't looked up any stats specifically on the bench, but I, I bet if I did look it up, I don't know if you could hear any of the rain hitting my window really hard right now. So I apologize if you do. But um, as far as the bench stuff, like I bet if, if I were to look it up right now, those stats would not be as, as nice as they were you know, in the regular season. And I think it's partly Tyler and partly the other guys. Like, I think Deadman has been very up and down in the playoffs. I think Caleb, uh, some of the stuff that we were a little bit worried about as far as not being able to hit that shot as much as you want him to in the playoffs, at, you know, like he did in the regular season is happening. He's been kind of recovering since that Achilles injury. And I think it's hard to, to keep that explosiveness about him every single game, night to night, while also defending stars. So, you know, once, and then you're also playing Gabe as a starter now. So that was another good bench player you've had. And he's he's actually been good when you look at like the, the lineup data uh, as far as who's working, who's not. And then, you know, you have Depot, who's been coming back from an injury for the past couple of months and is still new to everything and is thrust now into an Eastern Conference finals rotation where he's getting a good amount of playing time, a good amount of responsibility. So none of this was what I was going to even talk about with Tyler. But it's actually a good point that you brought up. And the, the whole thing with Tyler, just to sum up everything that I was going to say in a quick way, he has kind of, unfortunately, turned into a lot of what people thought he was, like a lot of the, the John Hollinger types, you know, kind of as in the playoffs, everything is not, you know, it's, it's been bad. You would look at the Hawks and, and Sixers matchups as like the positive ones. You know, he did not stand out. Brady explained the context why, you know, it wasn't that he, he was just folding under pressure, but now you had to come into this matchup where there's no easy advantages to be had. There's no easy matchups other than maybe Peyton Pritchard, who is, you know, otherwise feisty and annoying on defense. And all of a sudden, he, you know, since the playoffs has started, he's just not shooting well. And the Heat as a team are not shooting well. So he's not getting to the rim as much. The assist turnover ratio is not good in the playoffs. The three-point percentage is not good. He's been good in the mid-range. Other than that, he just hasn't been the same Tyler Hero. So it's going to be – I'm a little bit more, uh, you know, frustrated, upset with him because if he's not doing those things, the value just completely plummets. And in the playoffs, there are negative 8.86 with Tyler on the floor. And without him on the floor, 30. Their net rating is 30. So that's what happens when he's not doing his thing. It's like, okay, Positive what is he out there for? And right, that's the right. difference between him and Bam. All right, we're going we're gonna to do this same order after the break, okay? Because – 
now we're going to go to the next part of this with Greg. And we're going to do the same thing with Bam after the break. So in light of this, okay, that Tyler Hero has been thrown a series of challenges here over the first 13 games of the playoffs. And reality is, and we had him for six man of the year before the season, during the season, everything else. He had a tremendous year, bounce back year, or I would call it more of an, a step up year than a bounce back year. But in this context, he's not reacted well. I mean, they're not, they're not a good team with him on the floor in the playoffs. It's just, I mean, we're, we're at three series now. So, and there's the max contract looming. And we, we say this before the postseason, like this, we're fair and objective on this stuff. Like we, we evaluate it. We say what we think may happen, but ultimately decisions are made based on what does happen. That, that's how Pat Riley is going to base his decisions. The playoffs tell, right? Those little three words. The playoffs haven't told a good story so far. So how does this change the equation, Greg, or does it? I think he, I, I, you bring up valid points. I hate to go to the offseason so quickly, but uh, Brady and Alex have obviously covered the X's and O's portion of this in, in the now. Um, I think Tyler Hero has essentially played himself out of a max contract extension in this playoff run. I just don't see how you can, in good conscience, give a max extension to a guy who, when honed in upon in the playoffs, has Peyton Pritchard uh, running by Spo saying too small after he scores a jumper on Tyler Hero. At some point, we need to acknowledge that there needs to be a level of individual pride where you just don't let Peyton Pritchard do that kind of stuff to you. And maybe I'm spoiled by guys like Dwayne who just would um, – they would just respond to that kind of stuff. And I feel like Tyler kind of sometimes lets – if the offense isn't flowing, the defense gets even worse, and he's not a player that can allow the defense to get even worse, and you're going to need a well-rounded player to take up a max extension. So for me, I think it's doing two things. One, it's bringing down his contract value, so that could end up being helpful long-term. But I think this also, no matter what happens the rest of the run, even if they make it through this series and get to the NBA Finals, for me, if it's all about Jimmy carrying them offensively and Tyler had this prime run that he could have uh kind of made a name for himself the trade talk's gonna start there's no avoiding it even if they make the finals even if they win the finals unless hero gets finals mvp there's going to be trade talks this summer that involve tyler hero and that's i think i was very reluctant to go there because i felt like you needed to see how the team's success panned out but under the context of Jimmy has carried them this far offensively, I think you just it, it's inevitable that Tyler Hero will be discussed in trades this summer. Here's the other part to close the loop on that before we go to Bam. Jimmy Butler doing what he's done in the postseason and Jimmy Butler telling Mark Jones and, and everybody listened to what Mark talked about in the podcast, the anecdote he gave about Jimmy, that this is his time, just puts even more pressure on putting the right pieces around Jimmy Butler. So you do not waste this. So you don't, you don't, uh, you don't waste your prime or his prime with a team that, that can't match up to his standards. And, you know, it's funny before the playoffs, we were talking about, or I was talking about, I say, what happens if Tyler hero plays great, but they don't go very far. And it's actually been the opposite. And in some ways, this is an easier problem to solve, right? Because this is, okay, you've got Jimmy under contract and you're not, he's not going anywhere. So now it's okay. How do we, you know, flip Tyler hero. And again, we were not discussing that, you know, prior to the playoffs, he still has time to redeem himself and make himself a part of the future, but the early returns, and I don't think it's from lack of trying. I just think the early returns 
uh, in the postseason. We're not even early returns. I mean, we're, 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 we're two games into the Eastern Conference Finals. He just hasn't distinguished himself. He's had like a couple of quarters, you know, that that he's looked like the regular season player. But that's been, you know, about it. So I'm, I'm with you, Greg. I, I mean, I think everything sort of goes back on the table. And I think this becomes this is back to the Jimmy build f- fully like there is no transfer to anybody else. This uh, it's been transferred back to Jimmy. I'm going to get to the usage numbers here in a second. When we talk about Bam. This is more Jimmy's team than it's ever been. Um, and I don't think necessarily that's what the heat was hoping to happen this playoff run, but you go with a guy you've got and, and he's the guy that you got and, and he's playing at his highest level. And you don't want a situation where, you know, we talked about Dwayne and burning years of Dwayne's career until they pulled that, you know, a rabbit out of their hat in 2010. You don't want that with Jimmy. Um, and you know, Jimmy's 32 Dwayne at that stage was not 32. <laughs> Dwayne, Dwayne was 28 when LeBron arrived. So it's, it's a, you know, there's, there's a little bit more, um, urgency, I I think, to to make this thing happen now, for sure. All right, we're going to talk about Bam Adebayo here after the break. Try to cover it in a different way than we've covered it 3,000 times this season. Before we do, though, I want to tell you about a couple of great sponsors of the Five Reasons Sports Network. We mentioned our fantasy partner. We've got a new gambling partner here at the Five Reasons Sports Network. It's called Better Edge. It's B-E-T-T-O-R Edge, E-D-G-E. But go with that betteredge.com backslash five reasons. That's the number five reasons. You get $20 to try it. And this is social betting. So what makes this different from your other betting sites? First thing, it's legal. Okay. It's not an offshore site. All right. So this is legal and you get your money back right away. But also you can play with the lines on here because essentially you put in the line that you want and then you find somebody who matches the line on the other side. So say you're going into Boston and let's say the Celtics are four point favorites against the heat up there and you feel good about the heat and you want to get a little bit more money out of the deal, you can maybe try to knock, knock it down to say Celtics. I don't know. Uh, you know, minus uh, one, because you think that the heat are going to cover that. You don't want to play the money line. You can do it that way. So lots of different ways that you can play. We just tell you, it's not an app. It's a web-based product. Go to betteredge.com backslash five reasons. You get $20 to play with and just play it. Uh, for Saturday's game against the Celtics, see who you match up with. We're going to run some tournaments and some contests there um, as well. Also, also, we do want to mention one other sponsor of the Five Reasons Sports Network, and that is CPT of South Florida. They've been providing small and medium businesses with the technology they need for decades. They specialize in the cloud-hosted phone systems and managed IT. Reach out to TJ at CPT at 954-966-2766. That's 954-966-2766 or cpt-florida.com. He's got a promotion still going there through five reasons. 25% off cloud phone service, including free phones in the first two months of service free. We have people reaching out all the time. Who's that IT company that advertises with you? This is it, cpt-florida.com. Reach out to TJ. It's a great local South Florida business and TJ's a big Miami sports fan as well. All right, let's get to it. We're going to do the same order here. Brady, what's happening from a scheme perspective with Bam Adebayo? Because I'm going to throw one number out here, right? I put this on Twitter today. During the regular season, usage. Jimmy Butler and Bam Adebayo had pretty much the same usage. Okay, that means the amount of touches there, you know, how much they're touching the ball essentially per possession, okay? And it was it, it was 20, 26 and change for Jimmy, which is a healthy number. It's, it's kind of number sort of number one star kind of number two star, you know, number Bam Adebayo was 25. That's pretty high for a center. Um, during the playoffs, Jimmy's at 30. 
BAMS is 17. So you're talking about a, a basically a one percentage difference in usage has gone to a 13% in usage. Some of the guys that Bam Adebayo is behind in usage in the playoffs, Dwayne Dedman and Caleb Martin. What's happening there? There are a couple elements to it, I think. For one, just looking at this series in itself, uh, the rolling aspect, we know what he is as a roller. And they're packing the paint, and once they eliminate that, that's when the question marks start to set in. Like, we've seen moments. His offensive moments in the series have come hero band pick and roll, like getting him on the roll, getting him into his lob pass. But when that's eliminated, what comes next? They're switching a bunch. He's getting guys like Jalen Brown. or Jalen Brown's been amazing. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Major matchup that I've seen over and over. He gets onto him in that dunker spot. The issue is that it's not taken advantage of. Like Bam sitting in the dunker spot, for one, you could say they're not setting him up, but it's also the aspect of seal, get a deep seal on Jalen Brown and call for the ball and say, I'm going to post this guy up because I'm bigger and stronger than him, and that's the advantage on the floor. He's taken, first of all, he's taken 10 shots in the series through two games, which is a pretty crazy number in itself. Three of those shots have been on Jalen Brown. He's, I think he's one of three. I'd have to look at it again, but I'm pretty sure that's what it is. And if you think back to the three shots, I'm sure we could all remember the three shots. It's a post-up on Jalen Brown, and it ends in a fadeaway jumper every single time. And that's the issue. It's like, okay, so the post-up's not there because if he has the advantage and it turns into a like a fadeaway jumper, that's not what you want. It, that's when it comes down to the face-up stuff. Like, he, that's the one area that I feel like he has to be utilized if he has to go to something. He has to be a face-up jumper or a face-up drive trying to get past somebody. So then I was looking at some of the numbers, much like I did with Tyler. I said he took 10 shots. He's taken zero shots with Horford or Robert Williams defending him. Those are primary defenders. Those are the two bigs in the starting lineup that are basically defending Bam, and he has not taken a shot on them in this series. He's five of six on, on Grant Williams, uh, which he seemed pretty comfortable with him in either as a face-up or post-up threat over Grant Williams. He's taken three shots on Jalen Brown, as I said, uh, and I think the other one was like on Marcus Smart or something. That's the problem. Like I just mentioned, Tyler Hero being 0 for 6 with Horford or Robert Williams defending. When you have a guy that's struggling like that on the perimeter, but you also have a guy in the interior with those guys defending who won't take a shot on those guys or won't get into a certain move or a post-up or a face-up, that's when everything kind of comes together. And I was also looking, you mentioned to tie Hero and Bam together. They were at 19 minutes a game together, I'm pretty sure, in the regular season. That's at 15 right now in the playoffs. And these guys are playing more in the playoffs. Like, minutes are going up. So the fact that that's reverting in ways is very awkward. Like, if there's one way, if we say, okay, how do you fix it? You got to put Hero and Bam on the floor together. Because as much as Hero can help Bam offensively, Bam can help Hero defensively. Like, it goes hand in hand here. Like, when we're talking about Hero being in trouble defensively and they're hunting him, well, all of a sudden, Bam's coming from that weak side to get a block at the rim or if, if Bam's trying to get the ball in his spots, they can go into a high pick and roll. And then it just feels like the way to fix a lot of this is the two guys we're discussing are having trouble is just making them figure it out together on the floor at the same time. So uh, a lot of this, I feel like it all comes down to a lot of people are having the discussion of 
is it Bam? Is it Spo? Is it Spo not giving him the ball in enough spots? It's a conversation we probably had 57 pods on already too, which one it is. At this stage, I, I think it's just Bam going. Like he just has to get the ball and go. Like I don't think it's about giving him the ball as initiator because he has the ball a whole lot looking sideline to sideline if they want to get into uh, as a playmaker as he should because they don't have Kyle Lowry. Uh, but I think it's pretty clear that they're going to – Tyler Hero is – if they're going to have a second guy, it's going to be Tyler Hero. Like, I think we could pretty much agree with that, that. I just can't see. I think you trust him to be able to get shots, I guess, a little bit more to be that second guy. But they're focused on Tyler, at least. That if they want to find a way to take advantage of Boston in this series, or the one way they're going to win this series, it has to be that the guy on the floor who is your second best player has to be your second best player, or at least your third best player. Because we're seeing right now – Jimmy's their best player. And to round out the top three, it's probably the two undrafted guys in Cave and Struess, which is very good on their developmental side of things, but not great on their production side of things that those two are rounding out your top three. You have to have at least one of Tyler and Bam in that top three. All right, Alex, I'm going to go to you on this because you've had a perspective that, that I don't know that necessarily everybody's had on Bam, but it's a very reasonable perspective. And I think that we can see it. Um, because all I'm seeing Bam get is putbacks of his own misses. Like I just, and, and some of that may be choice, right? I mean, some of it is what Brady's talking about. Uh, but you have kind of put this on Eric at times and we've gone back to, you know, Pat Riley's comments from the off season, which said, Eric's got to find a way to put him in those positions. And I believe he will. And here we are. 17 usage rate. I'm going to look at the usage rate from last playoffs, but I would guess it was higher. So like this thing has gone backwards. I mean, he's taking, he's taking six shots a game lately. Right. I, I mean, I, and you know, so Eric talking about, well, everything he's doing on defense. I don't think any of us disrespect that. I don't want to have the max player conversation again. I think we understand how valuable he is, but Bam would get a max on the open market, but that's different from being able to help you win a championship, you know, as you know, one of Jimmy's sidekicks, if he's taking six shots, right? I mean, I, so does Eric have to do more? I'll just put it out there. Oh, I mean, you know how I feel about that. And, and look, I'm going to, you know, start it off by, you know, saying Spo is still the best coach in the league, in my opinion. And I think a lot of people feel that way, just to kind of throw it out there. Um, this is one of the reasons, I mean, this is kind of like, I think to me, Spo's blind spot when it comes to creativity, right? Like he's been really creative with Bam over the years, uh, defensively, obviously, even more so this year. Then you talk about offensively. I thought it was creative his first season as a starter. And even when, as a backup, we're, we're doing this stuff, kind of turning him into a playmaker. We've seen him grow in that. And it's kind of turned him into a different type of player. We know how valuable it is. And I'm with you. I'm not going to, you know, have that max, that max contract conversation, even though I think a lot of Heat fans do want to have it. I refuse to. So that's my stance on it. But um, I think Bam Adebayo, defensively, what he does is one of the most special players in the league. But when he's doing this on offense, when he's reverting, it just makes me wonder what's going on. Like, he is one of your best players. He is the one of the foundations of this whole thing now and going forward, right? Outside of Jimmy Butler, he's number one, right? When, when, when you look at the core and the foundation of this team, you need to get him in rhythm. You need to make things easier for him. He's never been that guy. And I know I, now I'm playing my own hits when it comes to the Bam Adebayo conversation. And it's just, to me, it's all of these things look even worse now because it's happening on the biggest stage. During the season, he was taking 13 field goal attempts a game. Ever since the playoffs started, that's, that number has gone down to eight. 
this series, it's five field goal attempts a game when you average it out. Obviously, it's only two uh, games. But what I'm saying is that cannot be happening. Like, I'm not saying he's got to be taking 20 shots a game, even 15 shots a game. He needs to be more involved because you look at you look back at any of the big scoring games he's had, excuse me, including that Boston one that everybody likes to point to in game two. I mean, uh, game six, when they closed out the Celtics, he got going mostly off pick and roll, dump downs, offensive rebounds, like you said. He gets going, he gets in rhythm, and then he starts to feel himself taking Daniel Tice off the dribble, taking Jalen Brown off the dribble. I was re-watching that. You know, I was re-watching the Nets game when he dropped 40, seeing, like, what gets this guy into that mode? What we know is he can't get into that mode every night. That's not the type of player he is. You just want him to be, you know, a facsimile of that. You want him to be a threat out there. He is not a threat because they can't get anything going on pick and roll anymore with the way that the Celtics are, are switching. The pick and roll guards are not good enough ball handlers passers to get him the ball in his spots and I love what Gabe is doing I respect Tyler a lot and you know the the leaps they've taken they're not Kyle Lowry as pick and roll ball handlers and I'm not trying to excuse Bam off of it because I'm frustrated with him too like I said he cannot be going down in field goal attempts that much and it's it's not all about field goal attempts because you know it's just about the way that he's playing you have him out there 18 feet away from the basket setting up everybody else and that's just kind of his function in the offense. He's not looking to himself as a scorer. They're not putting him in those positions. And if he's not getting in rhythm, he's not just going to start scoring out of nowhere. Like he has never been that guy. So I, I, of course I want him to seal. I want him to ask for the ball more often, but uh, like my guy, Al said, it sounds like fan fiction a lot of times because most of the time Bam is not serving as that guy in the offense. They need to give him those reps and make him feel like, okay, you're one of the biggest threats in the office. And I don't know how to say that it just hasn't gone that way, especially in the playoffs. Like he, I don't know that he looks at himself as that scoring threat. So that's where it needs to start with him and with the team empowering him. So that's basically just trying to explain the way I feel. I'm frustrated with him, but it's, I'm trying to find the balance, man, because I, I think the team needs to do a better job too. I just looked it up. So the last two years, uh, usage in the playoffs was 24 and 22. Wow. So he's at 17. So every complaint that was made about his lack of aggressiveness uh, in the playoffs last year, which is a four game sample size, the Milwaukee sweep, but then the previous year in the finals, there were complaints about it. And people forget because of the block of Tatum and then bam, getting hurt, you know, obviously and missing time in the finals, but there were complaints about it then. I mean, he has dropped significantly since then. Okay. He essentially this year upticked, and he has plummeted. I mean, it's it's. I mean, he's Apple stock right now. Okay. I mean, this is this is where it's at, Greg. Um, so I'm gonna I'm gonna let you close here. Uh, before we do, I want to mention one more sponsor, but I'll get your thoughts on kind of what this means for the future because I think it's it's significant. Uh, we do want to tell you about one more sponsor, the Five Reasons Sports Network. Our friends over at You Break Wheel Fix. Reach out to Mark. That's our guy, Mark Delacruz. You can contact him at. 305-748-0112. That's 305-748-0112. Or check it out at youbreakwheelfix.com. They do wheel repair. They do wheel refinishing. We know the roads of South Florida. It's just about to rain here. We know how it gets down here on the roads, particularly I-95 around the Golden Glades and all that stuff. Some of the roads in Miami that haven't been repaired for years, it does damage to your wheels. Okay, so check out you Break Wheel Fix. They do such a great job there. They just expanded to a bigger facility in early May. They're now located at 1848 Northeast 143rd Street in North Miami. Again, that's uh, between uh, right off of Northeast 18th Avenue East and Northeast 143rd Street across from the city of North Miami Public Works. Again, reach out to them at 305 305- 
748-0112. Check them out at YouBreakWheelFix. That's with a U at the start, the letter U, BreakWheelFix.com, or YouBreakWheelFix on Instagram and Facebook. So what does this mean, Greg? Because, I mean, the argument of whether he's a max player or not is irrelevant. He is. Uh, <laughs> he, he asked for it early. <laughs> he, he got it. He's defensive player of the year candidate again. He probably should have gotten the award. Um, although I don't think the game two was his best work, but that's a whole nother question. I don't think it was any of their best work. Um, but I mean, I keep coming back to it. We say no ceiling, but it's like it, it offensively is not the ceiling seems to be pressing him down a little bit. And, and I don't, I don't know. Again, I, it's a combination of scheme. It's a combination of him. It's a combination of, uh, maybe Kyle Lowry not being on the floor recently, which is not helpful. The less minutes with Hero. Yeah, I keep saying this. I mean, Jimmy talked about having to get other guys involved. Jimmy doesn't feed Bam a whole lot. It, it, it really is. And neither, honestly, as close as they are, neither does Gabe. Uh, and even though they're close friends, it's really Lowry and Hero and then the Duncan, you know, dribble handoff. And, and Tyler's playing with Deadman all the time. And Ty, Tyler's playing with Deadman. Duncan's not on the floor and Lowry's out. So I, these are not excuses, they're reasons. But also elite offensive bigs figure out a way, right, to impose yeah. their will on the game. And that's just not happening. No, and that, that's the thing. Like, we're not going to have a BAM conversation in terms of him being a pillar of the franchise or being a max player. Stop it. Like, that's just ridiculous. No one on this show uh, even wants to engage in that kind of stuff. But I think that there's a couple things. One, uh, I would be remiss if I didn't mention that, like, there's a part of this where they've kind of conditioned him to play the way that he's playing just by virtue of the way that they've used him throughout these last few years. And he wasn't an offensive juggernaut that looked to score coming out of college anyway. So then when you condition him to kind of be a facilitator, it's hard to just flip that switch. And I know we've been talking about that and it just comes under the magnifying glass in the Eastern conference finals. For me, this is not as much about, does Bam Adebayo become expendable? That's nonsense. It becomes more about as you build the team around these guys, you're going to have to take into account the fact that maybe Bam is not going to be able to be counted on for offense in certain situations. So you need to have a different group of guys around him. But to your point, Ethan, I think that, that this does go back to something that transcends rotations and matchups and schematics and all that kind of stuff. Usually stars figure out a way to make things work, whether it was the big three, whether it was, uh, you know, Dwayne in moments, whether it's been, you know, there, there's just, I feel like with Tyler and Bam, if we're going to start having conversations about them being in the upper echelon in the league, being uh, the top three players on the Miami heat, the number one seed Eastern conference finalist at some level, they have to kind of take the bull by the horns and do things individually that sometimes transcends all that stuff. And I think that that's just where we want to see that from Bam, because you want to know that he has it in him enough so that you can build correctly. I, I just, I come back to no Lowry. I think, you know, a lot of his buckets come off the short roll. He's not getting any of that right now um, with Kyle out. So they're, they're not making it any easier for Bam. Like, let's just be frank about that. But you also just want to see, we talk about imposing will. And that was something that even Alonzo did, Shaq did. It didn't matter what was going on. Like there was just, they were going to get theirs to some degree. And you're looking at the stats right now. And it looks like the 06 title run where you've got Jimmy at 29 points per game and everyone else is down at 13, 11, and 10. Mm -hmm. Like mm -hmm. 
that was good for a six game series against the Dallas Mavericks. You can't make it through a whole playoff run like that. And so that's where I just think fans and they didn't see. And they right. didn't that year. I mean, Shaq that, that, got 30 and 20 against Chicago. Yeah, right. I mean, th- there, there were other moments that got them through. Let me ask this one question before we close. And we thank our sponsors. You break, we'll fix cpt-florida.com, betteredge.com, backslash five reasons. And also, of course, prizepicks.com. Use the code five. Draymond Green, okay, is older than Bam by a decade. Okay, Draymond Green was the, one of the big mistakes of the Miami Heat organization. Tim Hardaway told him to draft him. And, you know, Pat was among those who didn't think he was conditioned enough at the time. Okay. I wrote a column on draft night saying draft Draymond. <laughs> okay. You saw what he did at Michigan state. He was the perfect fit. He would have plugged right in as the Shane Battier replacement uh, on those big three teams and probably extended it. So let me ask this question right now with what Draymond provides for golden state. And again, he's a decade older than bam. Okay. So there's time for with what he provides and with as bad as golden state has been without Draymond on the floor this year. Are, are you okay? Okay. Do you view Draymond Green as a max player? Yes. Absolutely. Brady? Yeah, I do. And I want to say, though, I know you're going to get into something else in a second right here, but the difference between the two before you say that is I think Draymond knows his limitations where we don't know Bam's limitations, where we've seen the jumper, where Draymond just knows it and he doesn't utilize it. True. But here's the thing about this, because it gets to what Greg's talking about. Golden State has built a team around Draymond's limitations, right? They've just flooded the zone with shooters, okay? I mean, that's essentially what they've done. And and they've been able to hide, you know, a mediocre defender in Curry. He has his moments, okay? But they've been able to hide a mediocre defender in Curry. They've been able to plug in Poole as an extra shooter. Wiggins obviously gives them some versatility, even though he's erratic. And then, of course, Clay coming back. They've built it around Draymond's limitations, But again, with Draymond, there was a ceiling. Now, there's no ceiling defensively with Draymond. He guards everybody. They don't win without him. He's integral. He's probably a Hall of Famer or he's borderline, okay? But I think that's what we're getting at here is that Bam has time to change this, but maybe he's Draymond. And and if he's Draymond, I mean, I think he fans have to accept that and say, okay, he's worth a max, but as Greg is saying, He's not, he can't be one of your two scorers you're counting on because Golden State never has. The, the one year that they didn't have Curry, they won like 15 games, right? Because that's not Draymond's role. And the same might happen with Bam, honestly. So I think this may be a recalibration uh, that's going on here that maybe there is a ceiling, but it's on one side of the ball. And, and, and if that's the case, can you win a championship that way? Well, then it gets back to the conversation we had in the first half of the podcast. You better have elite scoring. And if you're getting this from Tyler Hero, you're not winning a championship. So to answer the question that I asked on the poll today, which most people went with Bam, by the way, not Tyler, which I was surprised me. Who do they need more from offensively? My answer is Tyler. It's not Bam. Tyler is the guy that is commissioned to do that. Because they need more than six field goal attempts from Bam. If Eric Reed is calling you out to close out the broadcast, if Eric Reed is doing that, that means that it is so in your mm-hmm. face that we need more shot attempts, Bam. Like that's just the, that, that, but you're right. Otherwise, I'm not going to argue with that. I'm not going to argue that. But if he's East Coast Draymond, I mean, then I think we need to have a conversation about how you build this team. And I think that's the conversation they're going to have internally because Bam's not going anywhere and Jimmy's not going anywhere. And Kyle's like probably have- not going anywhere. 
that's the, that, the one thing I was going to say was it feels like they already did kind of build the team around Bam's limitations. And that's I'm kind right. of part of the way that Spo runs the team is like he is not one of the main scorers. He's I mean, look, he was really good at getting, you know, to the free throw line and stuff during the season. Still got to 19 and 10, like pretty gaudy averages compared to a Draymond. You know, he's a lot more athletic than him. Other than that, like it feels like they already kind of took some of that strategy and now they're missing Kyle Lowry. Tyler Hero is not playing at the same level and they're getting 32 percent three point shooting from the rest of the team. Mm-hmm. So that's that's where, you know, the two teams differ, which I is think. why. If, but, but that's why if I could take one, if I could take one right now, if I could take Tyler playing to his regular season averages or I could take Bam hiking up four or five field goal attempts, I would take Tyler right now. I think Amen. that's what I think Jimmy needs that more. I think Jimmy needs that more. He needs Without Tyler. Lowry, I think they needed Tyler to kind of step up and take and take on that role that Goron took on in the bubble. Mm-hmm. And he just he has not been anywhere near that. Well, look at Gor- look awesome at Goron's look at Goron's usage during the 2010 finals run. It was up at 26. Yeah, like that's and I know we're going to close here, but Spolstra not playing Tyler 30 plus minutes. Look, go look at his minutes in the regular season versus the playoffs. He's down like eight, nine minutes a game. If I remember some of that is depot and some of that is performance. See, if Tyler Hero is a max player and he's someone you're going to build around at some point, you need to play him and say, like, let's see what happens. Like, I, I, I just I'm over this, like fitting him in. Is he is he a frontline player or not? Well, the one thing, the one card they haven't played yet is still sitting out there. Starting him could give him some different matchups, but I don't think that's going to happen right away. I don't think that's, I don't think Eric's going to play that card just yet. All right. Thanks to Greg. Thanks to Brady. Thanks to Alex. Thanks to the Miami heat for giving us some content today, even if it wasn't necessarily the content that we expected. Uh, Thanks again to our sponsors. Uh, We'll be back after uh, game three in Boston on Saturday night. Thank you for listening to The Five on the Floor on the Five Regional Sports Network. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.